I believe Mick had a message from someone you know quite well in regards to how this interview should take place. You got that message, Emmy? I do. Do you want me to read it? Yes, please. So I got a message off the one and only Matt Biolis this morning, and it reads, my request and advice, please get her to take off her velvet sheen, get her to open up more about the candy-coated exterior. There's a raging beast inside, but she guards it well. We do not need more sugar-coated Carissa. This one, she is privately and unguarded. I'm sure you have seen her with her when she's dropping, dropping F-bombs and talking like a killer. We need the real deal. You can drag it out of her. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Matt. It's really straight under the bus. But I, guess we, I guess we want to start there. Um, you know, I, I guess a lot of people see that, that side of you, that bubbly, that fun, that um, beautiful side when you hit the beach. When you're in the water, you're a stone-cold, true-grit, competitive woman with a force to be reckoned with. Um, how do you hide this person? Um, I don't know if I hide her. I just think that there's a time and place for her to come out. And I think that I also feel comfortable with certain people like letting that come out. Um, I definitely have a feisty side to me. I'm not happy and bubbly all the time. I'm def I definitely get a little eggy. I get frustrated. I definitely get competitive and I talk shit, but I definitely just talk to, you know, I keep it within that group that I know it's not going to go anywhere because I don't know, everyone needs an outlet, right? It's just us here, Riz. There's no one else who can just let, let, let the guard down. Yes, I'm sure. Just blow it up. I'll fucking I don't care. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I sort of I sort of know how you feel there. Um, you you go in and you you feel like you're in this spotlight all the time. Um, you know, for me, when I used to lose heats, I used to just go home, like try not to do anything at the beach. And I would go home and I'd be punching walls. I would be swearing till the cats come home. Um, and yeah, it, it, it is a hard thing to juggle. Um, but I think once, sometimes when that's let out, people are just like, oh, they are real. They are, you know, and I think they, they almost love you more for that side of it. So, uh, but look, that, that's totally up to you. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe in the next few years, you'll see a little bit of more of my edginess come out. Who knows? But yeah, I, I can definitely relate in the fact that I've gone home and cried in my closet and, you know, through a, through a couple fits. Um, I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I think I still don't really feel, com I think it's more maybe my competitors seeing that side of me mm. more so than the public. I just, I don't know. So speaking of the uh, of the beast character in the research prior to the interview, Riz, Mick and I were talking about some of your attributes, and there's a lot of talk about you taking on a different coach for every spot on tour, and the sort of the benefits around that. And then one of the one of the major points of that, which is a rumor, I believe, which Mick debunked, is that you get a coach at each region to block for you to get waves at each stop. <laughs> um. You know, there's probably a few times that, like, the coaches that I've worked with have definitely helped me catch, like, a few extra waves. But, gosh, I don't want to be that person in a lineup full of pros that are – we're all trying to get 
a wave to practice on. I would hate to be that person. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's, I've done it a few times and people hate me already, but um, no, I'd, I, I wouldn't feel right if I did that. Um, yeah. I, I, I told him it's all false because you don't actually need someone to do that for you because you get your own waves. Um, I believe he said she's a savage in the water. She doesn't need, she needs nobody to block for her. No, Mick, the whole thing is, is I, I just try to go when it's dark, barely getting light, and then I can catch a few waves before everybody else gets out. I know, I know you, you always go out when it's dark. I remember coming down, down to uh, Snapper one morning and, you know, it gets light at 4.30 here. I'm driving down the hill. I'm at 6 and I'm thinking, yeah, you know, I'm pretty early. Shouldn't be too many people out. Here comes Riss walking back from the surf at 6 o'clock. And I'm like, how long have you been out there? Like, oh, 4.30. Like, and notorious, notorious for always being first one out. Like, Well, it's, it's different for you, Mick. You own that spot. So you can go out there any time of the day and get any way you want. But for me... I have to go when, like, and barely anyone can see. So you'll be, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You can get wives. Maybe I, maybe, maybe I should, uh, should work together at the next snapper comp, and you can help block for me and get me. A <laughs> I, I refuse to serve it when the contest is on, just so I don't get in the way. How do you go with a different coach at every stop? I think it's just building that understanding and kind of laying it all out there from the very beginning. Like, Hey, I like things simple. Or I, um, I really would love you just to give me tips on how this, you know, the lineup works or which waves to look for. Um, and then it's really, for me, it's just having someone in my corner. What about working with CJ and Fiji? Cause he's got so many tricks at that place. That must've been hard to decipher exactly what he was coming out of his mouth, especially with that Southern drawl. I love CJ so much. Half the time just with his accent and stuff and because he talks so fast. I'm like, wait, wait, rewind. What did you say again? But so he helped me just find like one spot and look for a certain type of wave and getting to spend time with him was really fun. But Mick, what do you think Rissa's superpower is? Rissa's superpower. Um, I, I find Rissa's when she's super confident, She's she's pretty untouchable. When her confidence is up, she she picks the best wave. She she smashes them. She might start off with a nine, and then there'll be another nine, and then another nine, and then another nine. And it's like that won't just be one one heat. That will be for the entire event. Well, thanks, Nick. You're making me blush over here. <laughs> honestly, to get a compliment like that from someone, I honestly I just I look up to you so much. It's really cool. And when we were talking about this yesterday, Mick. It wasn't all complimentary, sorry, Riz. Yeah, I guess sometimes when you see that she's not confident, um, things can fall apart with no apparent reason. And you're not the only one that happens with this. I agree. How does that fold into your mind? Like how does that, that confidence just disappear? I know how it does for me, but... I don't know. I think... I mean, maybe it's a girl thing. Um, I don't know. I think for me, a lot of like, if things are like unsettled in like my personal life, or if I'm not just feeling like connected with who I am and feeling like good with everything, it really translates into my surfing. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I've always struggled with self-confidence. I mean, I've had so many people come up to me and be like, girl, like you should have all the confidence in the world. And I'm just like, "I I don't know. I don't know if that's just you know, influenced by my upbringing or 
Um, I don't know, but it's something I'm constantly working on. For, for both of you guys, can I ask you a question on this? Because this is fascinating from the outside looking in that you guys wouldn't have just this overwhelming confidence. What are the kind of things that can derail you? Is it standing up and slipping off or is it like a bogged rail or is it, I don't know, someone who's got your number and they're always on the inside? How does it, what is it? For me, what really derails myself is comparison. If I can just focus on myself and what I'm doing and if I'm working on picking my waves and doing my best surfing, then usually that's when the results work out. But if I'm focused, if my focus is elsewhere, that's when, I don't know, shit hits the fan. Yeah. When I was early on tour, things would derail me so fast. If I got a red light when I thought I was going green, you know, I'm one minute. Oh, no. Yeah, I was, I was really bad in this situation. And um, I, I had all these superstitions, like, in my early years. Um, probably the, the one heat that comes to mind, um, it was France. Oh, I think it was 2005 maybe. Um, and I had a heat with Jeremy and Jeremy was like a young kid and we had Le Gravier pumping and um, I wanted to rush home because there was a bit of a break and I wanted to rush home and I reversed out of the car park so fast. I ran straight into this local guy's car, into his wife's car. I'm like, oh no. And then I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, just let me know how much it is or, you know, what I can do. And the guy's like, oh, it's fine. Just go and get me a wetsuit. And I'm like, perfect. Rush down to Rip Curl store. They didn't have the size. And I'm like, oh, no, it's all going wrong. And I rock up to the beach. I'm one minute after the call and they're already, you know, you're on in two minutes. I'm like, you only just made the call and just shit just derailed. And I was just like. I've lost this heat. Sure enough, got absolutely flogged by Jeremy. Jeremy got, got like a 10. He was like this big. He just got absolutely <laughs> nuts. And I'm just like, oh. But it was, it was a huge turning point for me in my career where I just had to go, look, all that shit doesn't matter. It doesn't matter until you hit the water um, and you read the ocean and stuff like that. So I understand where shit can derail you, but you can just push it away. And for you, are there any surfers on tour that you just hate drawing like where you just go, Oh no, not again. Or do you have those? I guess it changes from time to time. This past year I had so many matchups with Lakey. That was just <laughs> kind of irritating. Um, but I really like Lakey. We have good, um, we have good heats. We push each other. Every heat between you two has been incredible. It was really fun to have that back and forth. And I'd love to hear it from you, Mike. Like, for me, I love that she held me accountable all year. You know, like, I never had an easy heat. For Parko and myself, we've had so many heats ever since we've been little kids. And it just kept going back and forth, back and forth. And then he went on this, I think it was the first five years I was on tour, I couldn't beat him. I couldn't beat him. Didn't matter what I did, I could start off with a, a nine and he would, be on the way behind and get a 10 or something. And I'm just like, whoa, just infuriate me. And then um, I just decided one day it's never happening again. <laughs> it's those moments that really get you to dig deep and like figure out what you're made of, you know? And it, it does push you to be better. That's that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's the true competitor that I see coming out in you, you know? Like they're the heats that I really love where you just dig deep and you you just like it's on and that stone face killer comes out. They're the they're the moments that I see and I, I really appreciate. 
On that point, what does dig deep mean? Yeah, dig deep. It's there are these platitudes, but I'd love to dig in and see what actually what it is. You want to dig deep? Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry. It's um, it, it's 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 almost it's it's on the verge of selfishness. You know, you've got this one goal that you are so determined to get, and it, it's hard to be in a competitor where you can be in a room. And you can be talking to someone, but you're not there. You're thinking about the heat tomorrow or you're thinking about what board you're going to ride. You're going to, it's just, you're just giving shit answers to people and you're not giving them their time. And that's what it is. It's like you, you have this sole focus and it's hard to explain when you're, when you're not a competitor. I guess, I guess the whole flip side of it is, when people go to the office and they come home and they bring their work home with them. That's what we do each and every day. And it's, it can be very strenuous on relationships and your friendships and even your competitors if they're not in the same realm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think on that same note, I just felt that this past year, I just was all in. I was just wanted it so bad. It was the first thing that I thought about when I woke up and the last thing I thought about before going to bed. And like, you know, whether I was on the road or I was home, every day, every movement was to work towards that goal. And when you're that invested, like, I don't know, nothing else matters. I try to keep it balanced. What is balance? <laughs> what is balance? <laughs> Especially for you last year, you didn't have a win until you got to J Bay last year. Like, how how fun was it? I truly did enjoy it. Um, after my win in J Bay, it got a little more enjoyable. Um, I I'm not gonna lie; it was really tough to not get a win to have that validation that I'm on the right path. Um, I was pretty frustrated after Bali. I was pretty frustrated after Bells. I hated losing to Caroline at, 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 on the Gold Coast. You know, I would have loved to start off with a win there. When was the point that you decided, okay, I'm having a, a year off? Yeah, well, I actually decided after J-Bay in 2018. And that's when I lost and the waves were pumping. And I just was mentally in just a really bad place. And I was... I was contemplating giving up competing and I wasn't having fun it was really like scary to think about telling the world about it um because I wasn't it's I mean I am a people pleaser and this is definitely me taking my power back and doing something for myself and I wasn't sure what everyone was gonna think and you know I didn't want anyone to think that I was ungrateful for the life that I live or or anything um but I just knew that needed to put me first it's almost like celebrating another world title in there you're just like yes i'm free uh and so in terms of we wanted to mick and i wanted to talk about amuro suzuki so mick do you want to take that away oh Which is yeah the japanese server yeah uh, who got the spot uh when you decided to have a year off yeah so so having this year off um you know and if say they say they don't run anything for the year, do you have to ring up a mirror and go, "Hey, um, I'm taking my spot back," or has the WSL got another contingency plan or something? Gosh, um, I can't give you an answer because I don't know myself. But I'm, 
you know, I'm praying that I get welcomed back with open arms because that was the plan. Like I, I really don't want to take another year off. Yeah. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Hopefully they just they keep her on and, and we both get, you know, get our, get a spot. So Risa, let's talk about Chopu in 2021. Yeah. Uh, how are you feeling about that? I'm excited, but super nervous at the same time. I, uh, I've done a few trips there. And it's a really intimidating wave. Even on a small day, the takeoffs are scary. Um, but knock, knock on wood, one thing that is like kind of encouraging is I did take some big wipeouts and I never hit the bottom. So I don't know. I mean, what's uh, what's your experience or advice from there, Mick? And like, what are your thoughts for, for the girls having an event there? Um, yeah, look, I was, I was on tour when the girls used to have events there. And, um, you know, no disrespect to them, but there was only three or four girls that really wanted it. Um, Kiala, of course, was, she was, she was like, we want it bigger. We want it bigger. You know, she was doing tollings and stuff and it's huge. And I'm just like, you can have it. <laughs> but I, I feel that the level of surfing that you girls have now, it's incredible. I feel you've got the skills, you've got the ability to do that. Um, probably my main advice is just go and spend a lot of time there. I was actually just speaking to Owen Wright about it yesterday. Um, and just the differences in, in Chopu is you think it's, um, the same wave every single time. Cause that's what it looks like on film, but with every different degree in the swell, it just changes a little bit. So my advice is just go spend some more time like you have and, um, just get to know the wave. Well, the- Gosh, those kinds of conditions scare the crap out of me. Like, I, it's not something that I feel comfortable in at all, but um, it also excites me to have that opportunity to step outside my comfort zone. And like you said, I think the girls have the ability. Look, and, and it's the place too when it gets too big. Yeah. No one's looking at you going, if you're like, okay, I'm not doing it today. No one's looking at going, oh, you're so soft. Um, you know. <laughs> I remember the the, yeah. red, the code red day. I was I was staying with Taylor Knox, and I was sitting there, and I was like, "I'm on Knox. I've got my vest. I've got my wedding." He's like, "Man, you're out of your mind." I'm like, "No, nah, we've got this. It's easy. Let's go. You can borrow my stuff." And he's like, oh, "I'm good. I'm good." We pull up to the the wave, and I saw how big it was. I've never hit a bag so fast in my life. I'm like, "No, I'm out. I'm out." <laughs> it's- it's such an intimidating wave. And then, Risk, just before we dive into the reader questions, we just want to talk to you about the film. So what was your goal with the film? Why did you make it? I can't take any credit for the vision. I, you know, probably inspired Pete with some certain things, you know, just with my scrapbooking. He kind of incorporated that with how the film was made. And um, But it was really his his all his ideas and his perspectives and how he interpreted, interpreted different things. Um, and it turned out how it did. <laughs> it's exquisitely put together, like the, uh, the amount of work with the animations and the little interstitials in the film are really special. What I want to know is who got Kelly to do the cameo? Because that was huge. That's huge. I mean, I took, I rec- I've tried to text them the past couple of weeks and I've not heard anything. <laughs> so I don't even know how they got him to film that. <laughs> but that was all Peter. Wasn't you? No, not at all. Good on Pete. Wow, that was cool. I think Kelly was feeling good that day. (laughs) He had a guitar in his hand. He was feeling great. 
Hey, this is Jenny from Manly. Mick, I've got a question for you. I'm just wondering if you reckon that Carissa can win as many world titles as Steph. Yes, I think so. Um, you know, I think when Carissa came on, she won her first world title. It went back and forth. They were just pretty much just swapping the trophy each and every year. Yeah, it, it's definitely there. Um, how many have you got now? Four? <laughs> like, it's... <laughs> It's another three isn't like if someone says, oh, she's going to win another with three world titles, people are just going to be like, yeah, it can easily happen. Um, she's, she's that good a competitor and she's that good of a surfer that it definitely can happen. Is that in your sights, Chris? Is that what you're going for? Come on. <laughs> no, I really appreciate the answer, Mick. You're super sweet. Um, gosh, it's a bit over overwhelming to think of how many Steph has gotten that is so many and um my I never went into this journey thinking oh, I want to win the most world titles or as most as many as the as Steph or Elaine um so we'll see what happens but yeah I don't think there's a number on it yeah no pressure from my side don't worry I just said you <laughs> could do it if you wanted no, to thank you thank you <laughs> Hey guys, my name is Joel Lowry and I'm from Sweden. If you check any modern day good uh, surf break, you'll see that it's mostly male dominated. How do we encourage women and girls to surf these more challenging breaks? At least for me, when I get the encouragement from the males in the lineup and from people in the lineup to, you know, that I, you know, they're giving me opportunity or helping me encouraging me to get those opportunities when I'm in those more challenging situations. I think that definitely helps. Mm, I see yeah. a little different. Uh, <laughs> I think I, I, I really think that's, you know, over the past year, I think that's where we've seen women surfing really progress. Um, you know, you got people like Paige Arms and Kiala charging jaws, like that's next level. But then you've got, you know, Rish, you've, you've gone and done step-offs at Chopes and then Laura Anova just put out a movie and she's she's the tiniest little thing and she tries to pull into these ginormous waves. Um, and I, I hear you on the encouragement side. I think sometimes you girls don't trust yourselves in that the guys will give you waves. Like if you paddle to the spot, the guys are going to be so stoked and just go... Go! They'll push you in. They'll do it all. It's like the the guys that are in those lineups. They get as much enjoyment seeing you get spat out of a huge slabbing pit than what they do if they got one. Um, so yeah, I reckon just next pipe swell, pull up. Hey boys, I'm here. I need to. Uh, I need a wave or two, and I swear they'll give you one. Oh, thanks, Mick. That makes me excited but nervous. Hey, Carissa, my name's Grace and I'm from Melbourne. I'm just wondering if you would get your kids into competitive surfing. I mean, I really want to share surfing with my kids. Um, I guess I'm going to leave it up to them if they want to take it to the competitive level or not. Um, I'm sure my dad will want to coach my kids into being competitive. <laughs> what do you think, mate? Oh, I'm going to be the full soccer dad. I'm going to no, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, look, I, I'm sort of the same. I'm, I'm like, you know, if if the kid wants to get into surfing, amazing. I'd love to be able to share that with them. Um, the competitive side, I think that comes from the kid. Um, you know, we, we sort of see parents that push, but there's, there's got to be some drive from the child as well. 
I guess um, a little bit of a follow-up on that, Riz. You said you wanted to have kids in the future. Um, how hard is that to decide when to press the go button on that? You know, because essentially it does take two years out of your life. You know, you've got to first carry the baby and then you've got to nurse the baby. How hard is that decision to make to go, okay, I'm going to start a family? Well, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've had those conversations with my husband because, I mean, if he had it his way, he'd have kids already. <laughs> so bad. And I'm like, honey, I got some surfing to do. Um, and I think um, for me, I think that's maybe not the only thing standing in my way of winning so many world titles, but I think I'm looking at the big picture and I definitely want to start a family with my husband at some point. And, um, we definitely are waiting and it's not going to happen anytime soon, but it will, it would be fun to give it a shot to try to juggle it all at the same time. Yeah. Confirm or deny Chris Moore is the first surfer in the lineup at every stop on tour. I think we explained that one already. That's a hundred percent confirmed. <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes I, I don't. So I am, but pretty much like 99% of the time. Who beats you? Um, well, Sally for a while there, but she's really mixed things up. And, um, sometimes I don't even see her in the morning service. I don't know where she's gone. Kristen Moore will speak her mind in post-seat interviews in 2021. Deny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen quite yet. I don't know. We'll Stop. see. Ugh. Stab said they're going to donate $10,000 to your fines if you throw a few F-bombs throughout the year. <laughs> I'll get your house, Mick. So, Riz, do you have any uh, more questions for Mick while he's here? Any more insight he can give you? What did he write back when he asked him uh, about retiring? Was it, a, was it a nice text? Mick has always been so nice and has always taken the time for me. Um, I don't know if I have any more questions, but it would just be... Thank you, Mick, for always, you know, being such a great role model and for always taking the time for me. You've been a huge inspiration for like how I want to go about and live my life. So I just, I wish the best for you. You deserve nothing but all the good in the world. So thank thanks you. Very much. Cheers. Appreciate the kind words. Well, yeah, we appreciate your time, Riz. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks so much, Riz. That was awesome. That was super fun. Thank you guys so much for wanting me to sit on your hot seat. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us what you really think. <laughs>